Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 55 of 2021. Episode 55 of 2021. We are now in the sixth week of uh, Ordinary Time. It's going to be a very short sixth week. Um, It is uh, Monday. We're going to do the readings from Monday leading up to, um, well, Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday, Ash Wednesday begins this week on February 17th, and um, it's an early Lent, so uh, today we're going to do the readings. So if you like what I do, please subscribe and share to my podcast. It will be a great help. So let's begin with the act of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so now we'll be going to begin the readings. Uh, It's going to be from uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 4, verse 1 to 15, 15 to 25. Okay, so Genesis, first book of Moses, chapter 4, verse 1, 15 to 25. Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. A reading from the book of Genesis. The man had relations with his wife, Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next, she bore his brother Abel. Abel became a keeper of flocks and Cain and Cain, a tiller of the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord from the fruit of the soil, while Abel, for his part, brought one of the best firstlings of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not. Cain greatly resented this and was crestfallen. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you so resentful and crestfallen? If you do well, you can hold up your head. If 
But if not, sin is a demon lurking at the door. His urge is toward you, yet you can be his master. Cain sent his brother Abel. Cain said to his brother Abel, Let us go out in the field. When they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord asked Cain, Where is your brother Abel? He answered, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord then said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the soil. Therefore you shall be banned from the soil that opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. If you, if you till the soil, it shall no longer give you its produce. You shall become a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear since you have now banished me from the soil, and I must avoid your presence and become a restless wanderer on the earth. Anyone may kill me at sight. Not so, the Lord said to him. If anyone kills Cain, Cain shall be avenged sevenfold. So the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest anyone should kill him at sight. Adam again had relations with his wife, and she gave birth to a son whom she called Seth. God has granted me more offspring in place of Abel, she said, because Cain slew him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's read it one more time. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 to 15 and to 25. Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. The man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next she bore his brother Abel. Abel became a keeper of flocks, and Cain a tiller of the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord from the fruit of the soil, while Abel, for his part, brought one of the best firstlings of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering he did not. Cain greatly resented this and was crestfallen, so the Lord said to Cain, Why are you so resentful and crestfallen? If you do well, you can hold up your head. But if not, sin is a demon lurking at the door. His urge is toward you, yet you can be his master. Cain said to his brother Abel, Let us go out in the field. When they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord asked Cain, Where is your brother Abel? He answered, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord then said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the soil. Therefore you shall be banned from the soil 
that open its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. If you if you till the soil, it shall no longer give you its produce. You shall become a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear, since you have now banished me from the soil, and I must avoid your presence and become a restless wanderer on the earth. Anyone may kill me at, at sight. Not so, the Lord said to him. If anyone kills Cain, Cain shall be avenged and sevenfold. So the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest anyone should kill him at sight. Adam again had relations with his wife, and she gave birth to a son whom she called Seth. God has granted me more offspring in the place of Abel, she said, because Cain slew him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, let's go to um, the uh, responsorial psalm. It's Psalm 50. And the response is, Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. God, the Lord, has spoken and summoned the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you, for your burnt offerings are before me always. The response, offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Why do you recite my statutes and profess my, co pro um, profess my covenant with your mouth, though you hate discipline and cast my words behind you? Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. You sit speaking against your brother, against your mother's son, you spread rumors. When you do these things, shall I be deaf to it? Or do you think I am like yourself? I will correct you by drawing them up before your eyes. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Okay, let's do it. Let's read the whole thing one more time. God the Lord has spoken and summoned the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you, for your burnt offerings are before me always. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Why do you recite my statutes and profess my covenant with your mouth, though you hate discipline and cast my words behind you? Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. You sit speaking against your brother, against your mother's son. You spread rumors. Why, why, do, why you do these things? Shall I be deaf to it? Or do you think I am like yourself? I will correct you by drawing them up before your eyes. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Thanks be to God. Okay, now the Alleluia Antiphon. Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. I am the way and the truth and the life, says the Lord. No one comes to the Father except through me. Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. I am the way and the truth and the life, says the Lord. No one comes to the Father except through me. Alleluia, Alleluia. 
I am the way and the truth and the life, says the Lord. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6. Now, the, the Gospel reading. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 8, verse 11 to 13. Why does this generation seek a sign? Glory to you, Lord. The Pharisees came forward and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. He sighed from the depth of his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Amen, I say to you. No sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them, got into the boat again, and went off to the other shore. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Read it one more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Chapter 8, verse 11 to 13. Why does this generation seek a sign? The Pharisees came forward and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. He sighed from the depth of his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Amen, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them got into the boat again, and went off to the other shore. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Again, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Chapter 8, verse 11 to 13. The Pharisees came forward and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. He sighed from the depth of his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Amen, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them, got into the boat again, and went off to the other shore. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so we'll do a little differently. Uh, I know I usually stop after every reading and talk about the reading, but um, I'm going to try a little differently since uh, this is going to be the end of this uh, week to, to reading from Monday and Tuesday, the last two readings for the sixth week, and we're going to go into uh, Ash Wednesday. But All right, so the first reading, we got murder, the great catastrophe of uh, of human history the second fall um i like to look at it as the second catastrophe now uh what's interesting about that is you have um adam and eve already began their domestic life and it's not uh it's not a honeymoon <laughs> it's definitely not a honeymoon right the honeymoon is uh the honeymoon of paradise is over and it didn't end very well. So uh, you could say that that's going to spell a th uh, set the theme for uh, many disastrous uh, domestic lives. Uh, 
um, they have a, a, a they have relations and they have a son, Cain. Uh, but in interesting, I mean, Eve is happy and proud of their firstborn son, Cain, and she produced a man with the help of the Lord. I'm guessing that's the meaning of Cain. Um, and then um, what happened is that, um, you know, he's also the first, he's, he's basically the son, uh, Adam's image, made in Adam's image after Adam is made after the image of God. So it, usually the texts say that I think they, they kind of pass through that for a minute there. But anyway, um, the next one is Abel. But it, notice how it goes past Cain and goes right away into Abel's, um, <laughs> his, um, his, I guess you can say trade. He's a keeper of the flock of, uh, uh, of, of a flock. And Cain then goes, you know, goes into Cain, who's the firstborn. Abel's the secondborn and goes into Cain, the firstborn. He's a tiller of the soil. He's a farmer. He's a gardener. He likes to plant. He's going into the same trade of his father. Cain is following his father, Adam's trade. And the word tiller I know this because I've heard this by many scholars is the same word that's used for a priest. What a priest does in the temple, what a priest does for the Lord, because remember Jesus often referred to himself as not just a shepherd, but like a gardener, like a farmer. Remember how he always mentions sowing and planting and and reaping the harvest and stuff like that you know all those symbolism he uses to describe himself but the thing is is that the word itself is used also to describe the work of the high priest of the priests in the temple the high priest himself and all the sons of Aaron who have to keep the temple to keep the temple and also uh, minister to the people. It's the ministry. The word is used as, as a ministry. This, this is exactly the word. So it's very interesting. But now when it comes to them as ministers, uh, this is very interesting. Now, one more thing before I go further. When Adam and Eve were sent out from the garden, they instead of wearing garments of leaves, they were given garments of skin and they were sent out from the garden away so that Adam can till the soil, can till the ground out of Eden. And remember what God said after this fall, it will be very difficult for you very, very difficult for you because now the ground won't, won't yield its produce very easily for you. This is the result of sin. It will, it will be very hard. In other words, out of this, you know, you, you'll know the word, you'll have to earn your food with the sweat of your brow. And this is exactly what I think we're going to, we're seeing the result now 
with the first with the uh, the firstborn son. When it comes to offering their sacrifices, giving their sacrifices to the Lord, Abel proudly gives his uh, his the the best of his flock on the altar. But it doesn't say that about Cain. It doesn't say that at all about him. As a matter of fact, it says, Lord, look with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not. Cain greatly resented this. And it's, it's interesting here, the word they use in the, in the New American. It says, Cain resented this and was crestfallen, meaning he was downcast. He was... He was basically, uh, he feels rejected and he feels it's, it's, it's hurting his pride. This is his pride has fallen. Um, so the Lord said to Cain, this is interesting. Why are you so resentful and crestfallen? So downcast, so prideful. And I guess you can say the word, if you do well, you can hold up your head. Well, yeah, pride fallen. Yet you can't, yet you can, um, it says here, if you do well, you can hold up your head. But if not, sin is a demon lurking at the door. His urge is toward you. Let, yet you can be, you can be his master. Sometimes it would say like an animal, um, animal. But it's interesting how they translated this part lurking at the door at your door at your door in other words lurking at the door of his soul lurking at the door of his heart remember christ always says behold i stand at the door and knock right that's this is very interesting how the words now we can we can put the connection between the gospel and you know and and even with the old testament you see the typology is there very very interesting how we can how we can net it together when you read the bible you can catch these these you can catch these uh connections you can connect the dots um <clears throat> so yeah in in the old testament it's crouching couching sometimes the word is used as like you know like an animal lurking crouching down waiting at the bushes in this case well you know, we know well, i guess they're not living in in houses obviously or you know probably in huts but still the the his heart is the door and he didn't give the best of his of his um his farmland his vineyard his uh, work. He didn't give thanks to God for the hard work. He held back. It's obvious he held back where Abel didn't hold back. All right. doesn't say how many sacrifices we can only imagine. We can, you know, we can imagine how many sacrifices, but you know, you know, how many lambs, how many of his best flock did he give? We, you know, maybe Cain just was stingy, possibly. But going on from there, the, you know, the, 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 the sin is a demon. It's an animal. 
It's an animal waiting to master him. And as God says here, you know, you can master it. Um, you know, why, you know, it says here, if you, if you do well, you can, you know, you can hold your head up. But if, but if not, sin is a demon lurking at the door. His urge is toward you, yet you can be his master or sometimes its master. Doesn't matter. The point is, sin is mastering him. God is not his master. Now we get the key here. Now who knows what his sins are? Maybe it's too much for us to, to imagine, but, you know, who knows? The point is, Abel, I mean, uh, Cain is not good company. Cain is not getting uh, good fatherly advice, obviously, from, from Adam. Um, maybe he's the spoiled child because he's the firstborn. But either case, he thinks like a cunning, a cunning animal. He thinks with cunning. What does he say to his brother? Let us go out in, in, in the field. Well, that pretty much says it. He wants to go someplace where nobody can see. We can only imagine how many possible children they are. The Bible doesn't have to give us all the details, right? There are obviously others around, right? There are obviously others around, other offsprings. It, it, the, the details doesn't really matter. The point is there are others and he doesn't want anyone else to see what he's about to do. Doesn't say why. I mean, just for the fact of a sacrifice, just for the fact that God chose his sacrifice, uh, Abel's sacrifice over his Sounds kind of like shallow when you think about it, really. I mean, there are opportunities where you can do better. And God himself is not being difficult. As a matter of fact, he just gave him, he just had revelation. Doesn't tell us how the revelation came to him. It doesn't really matter. The point is that God himself was being very fatherly and telling him, you can do better. But instead, he decides to trick his brother out in the field, and then he attacks him. He attacked his brother. He attacked Abel and killed him. The text doesn't go into all too many details, but there are <clears throat> some things we can learn when we do some Bible study. And there are useful things we can we can get from commentaries. And, you know, any commentary can help as long as, you know, you know, you know as long as you get the right, you know, you can skim through it, like get the right, the right stuff that's helpful. And, you know, any amount could be helpful to help us understand. Uh, this is something I heard and I read it also several times. The Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? Again, like it's the same thing what he said to Adam. Where are you? God already knows the answer. God already knows that he turned on Abel. God already knows he took the life of his brother. 
This is, this is a tragedy here. He killed his brother. His same brother, the brother from the same womb, the same father and mother. He turned on his brother. This is, this is an unbelievable, sad tragedy. You know, it's, you know, it's tragic. It's, it's an unbelievable tragedy. This, we've heard these, these horrible things happen on the news. We've seen these horrible things happen, you know, in some families, in, in, in really, um, horrible dysfunctional families it 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 happens from the poor all the way to the rich it happens in faraway countries in every religion in every culture it's tragic and it doesn't really matter even in in this case if you're not related every all of us are brothers and sisters because we all come from adam and eve we all come from one man and one woman, and we all come from one creator. The Cain gives a very um, snivelling remark. The Lord asks, "Where is your brother Abel?" He's giving a chance, giving him a chance to confess. He answered, "I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper?" A very, a very um, smart-ass remark. I mean, is is interesting. The other day, a commercial. Um, the mother, uh, a mother says to her daughter, "You're not leaving the table till you eat your vegetables." And the little girl answered, "Fine, we'll sleep here." It's amazing how these kids develop this attitude, like a, a very uh, snotty attitude to their parents and even commercials promote it. And then God said, and finally God just goes for the, you know, for, for the heart. What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the soil. Your brother's, what have you done? It's the, the, the question, it's not a question, but it's, it's a, it's a direct, it's, it's a direct statement. What have you done? God already knew the answer. God already knew his little, his, 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 his murderous secret of the blood was on his hands. Your brother's blood cries out to me from the soil. And it's interesting, the word for blood, actually in the original Hebrew, can be translated plural. Plural. As generational. As in descendants. Because remember, he didn't just kill Abel. He kill Abel didn't have a chance to father offsprings he didn't get a chance to to be a dad he didn't get a chance to be a husband he didn't get a chance to father sons or daughters so 
in a sense, what he's done was he committed genocide. He didn't just kill Abel. He killed all the souls that should have been born from Abel, his brother. All the sons and daughters, all the grandchildren, the great-great-grandchildren, the great-great-grandchildren, and the great-great-great-grandchildren. So he committed genocide. He committed, in a sense, global genocide. He prevented any souls from being born. This is, this is exactly how the word actually can be translated from the Hebrew. Because it's thinking generation wise when you, you know, that's why when you remember when a man, um, a man's brother dies and does not leave any offspring, um, the ancient Semites had a custom and a tradition, <clears throat> not exactly, um, what do you call it? Um, exactly looked on with favor in our society. It's very it's it's very foreign to us but a man has the opportunity to go with his brother's wife and father offspring in his brother's name so that his brother's name may not be wiped out his his brother's memory may not be wiped out he in other words he can um give his seed so to speak um and then they can be raised they can be fathered as children uh in his brother's place. Uh, so his brother's memory can live on. I guess you can say a surrogate offering of children. But, you know, the the fact is his brother's memory is wiped out. And that's how they look at it in the, in, in the Old Testament. So Cain has murdered his nephews and nieces. He's murdered his his uh, all his, his Abel's Abel's uh, memory is completely wiped off the face of the earth, and the God is taking it personal because they're all crying out for justice. It's something that we should think about: what uh, the practice of abortion. That's that's the whole point of it. You can't do that. You can't do that. But this is this is why we are a religion, a pro-life religion. And this is this is how God sees it. Okay, so then it goes on. Therefore you shall be banned from the soil, even worse than his father. His father at least gets an opportunity to get something from the soil. His banning is completely worse. In other words, he plants, nothing's going to grow. The soil, the earth knows his crime. He is a murderer. He's a murderer. He's not going to get anything. It shall no longer give you its produce. You shall become Restless, a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear, since you have now banished me from the soil, and I must avoid your presence and become a restless wanderer on the earth. Anyone may kill me at sight. So there are other people. There are other people. Now, how 
it's not for us to ask how how many children, how many how many centuries did Adam and Eve live? Uh, that's not for us to question here. This is there's a lot here of of mystery uh, that we're not you know the the Bible's not going to give us all the answers, but there obviously there are other people, there are other children, offsprings wandering around. So um, let's just not try to go question it. I know a lot of us are you know want to you know want to rip the Bible apart, want to rip Genesis apart, but that's not for us. Let's just accept the fact that they've had many children. And regardless how many centuries have gone by, that's not for us. Um, it goes on, you know, I must now avoid your presence. No, he can't be in God's presence. Obviously, now he is so repugnant, but but that's not entire that's this is his this is this this is Cain's interpretation this is Cain this is Cain's despair talking here this is not God talking here um on the uh, I'll become a serious uh restless wanderer on the earth anyone may kill me at sight what does the Lord say listen to what the Lord says even after he committed murder not so the Lord said to him if anyone kills Cain, Cain shall be avenged sevenfold. So the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest anyone should kill him at sight. Although, again, Adam again had relations with his wife, and she gave birth to a son whom she called Seth. God has granted, granted me more offspring in place of Abel, she said. This is Eve speaking. Because Cain slew him. Now, this is the. Um, there's some editing here in the uh, the missile. I wanna. I wanna go. I wanna. I wanna look for that editing a little bit. This is from the revised standard version. Cain murders Abel, chapter four. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, "I have." begotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain, a tiller of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had a regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, you will not be, uh, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is couching at the door and his desire is for you but you must master it. Cain said to Abel, his brother, let us go out to the field. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, 
What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now and now you you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you when you till the ground, it shall no longer yield it to uh, yield it yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me this day away from from the ground and from thy face. I shall be hidden, and I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer in the earth, and whoever finds me will slay me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone slays Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who came um, upon him should kill him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, east of Eden. All right. I mean, it's, you know, I felt it was important to look at the translation differences. But <clears throat> the point is, is that Cain's life now belongs to God. God, because Cain is a murderer, whatever mark, whatever kind of mark he put on Cain, a sign, uh, it was a sign that no one is to touch him. So um, that's his punishment. That's that's his punishment because the reason why is is because God doesn't want any um, like a, a, a vendetta. He killed he killed his brother, and this could God is trying to prevent God God is preventing. Um, uh, blood vengeance, uh, vengeance among them, because it can become an addiction. Uh, you know, regardless what Cain may may still have some support of among his ops, uh, his um, his siblings. There might be some who might be sympathetic to him in a sense. But the point is, is that it could it could start a spark. But Cain goes goes off, and he does he does get himself a wife. Um, I know people go into details. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't that make her his sister? That's the, the details there are not important. I know. <laughs> yes, she would be his sister, but you got to look at it. The, um, the choices back then were very limited. So we're not going to go into, uh, those particular details. I know that's for another time, another time, but the the moral of it is that now, the message is the tragedy. It's violence. It's brother against brother. And regardless what, um, Cain is a violent man. And we have Cains every day. There are people around us every day. There are terrorists in other countries. The, the mark of Cain is violence. And unfortunately, that's, that's what we have here. Okay, so let's um, let's go to the psalm. Of course, we we have a lot of questions, right? We do. Like, for example, um, some of us today may wonder what was the domestic life. What uh, was Adam and Eve neglectful in some cases? Where did they pay too much attention to one child, to one son? And uh, not to the other. Did they 
oh, overdid it with Cain? Did they, uh, whatever, you know, we, we wonder about this, you know, I mean, that's just the way we are. And then of course, uh, it doesn't really tell us about the tragic response of, uh, Adam and Eve towards the death of, of Abel, of, uh, even Cain, the tragedy, their reaction to the tragedy of uh, of Cain um, taking the life of a brother, of of one of their sons, of one, you know, of his brother. That you know, I mean, it's silent, and that's maybe that's that speaks volumes. Maybe that says everything we need to say. The you know, usually we see tragedy like. Job, Job finds out the death of his children, um, his, he lost everything, he tore his clothes, he put dirt over his head, uh, he shaved his head. King, King David, when he found out Absalom was killed, reacted. But we're not told about Adam and Eve. We're not told about Adam, Adam and Eve. And the details in... Cain's reaction after he took his his brother's death. It's kept very minimum. It's very minimum. And I think that says a lot there. I think a lot of us will probably think we're being cheated of details because we we we, we like we like the nitty-gritty details in our culture. But the fact is you gotta understand that it this this is this is this is the this is actually speaking to to us the silence of those of these details is the drama is in the silence the painful silence it's a it's a, it is a painful silence and we should try to understand that because this you know in a sense in the middle eastern culture it was a shock and I'm saying Middle Eastern because obviously the story comes from the Middle East. And tragedies like these are like unbelievable. There's a, there's a, a painful, stoic shock also. The people, you know, I mean, you can get, it can go from a stoic shock to, oh, oh, oh. A storm of wailing, a storm of mourning that can pierce you right through the heart using an expression from the Psalms. So I am quite certain that it was no small, it was no small thing. It was no small uh, reaction. I'm quite certain that it was probably enough to want to make us run away. To want to make us run away. You know, it, it really is. And, I, and you know, and um, Eve's responses, we get Eve's response. <laughs> we don't get Adam, we get Eve's response. Adam again had relations with his wife, and she gave birth to a son whom she called Seth. God has granted me more offspring. In place of Abel, she said, because Cain slew him. That says it right there. That says her heartbreak right there. That says that says the difficulty of Cain. 
There, right there, is the, there you have it, right there in those words, the mother's heartbreak, the shock and the tragedy she felt of what Cain did and her heartbreak towards her son, her love, because we know she will always love him, but the love now is not the same. The tragedy of Cain is painful. The tragedy of what he did to his brother Abel, that the horror, the horror of their of their realities right there in those in, in those words of, of of Eve. All right, let's go to the to the to the response to your Psalm, it's Psalm fifty. So offer to God a sacrifice of praise. All right, I read it, I read it the first time, but might as well we'll go over again here. God the Lord has spoken and summoned the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you, for your burnt offerings are before me always. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Why do you recite my statutes and profess my covenant with your mouth, though you hate discipline and cast my words behind you? Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. You sit speaking against your brother. Look, look at, we have it right there in front of us. Against your mother's son, you spread rumors. When you do these things, shall I be deaf to it? Or do you think I'm like yourself? I will correct you by drawing them up before your eyes. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. So now we have to go back and ask, what is exactly was the sacrifice? The truth is, Cain did not love God. He didn't have a relationship with God. He didn't look, he didn't look to God in his life. Abel, now, he offered the best of his flock, his, uh, his, his flock, but the best of his flock came from his heart. Not materialistically alone. Materialistically alone was not it. The truth is he may have had a thousand sheep, but it was, it was what came, it, it was the joy of the worship, the joy of going up to God, a joy of giving from his heart to God. He was happy to do it. It was a joy in his heart to do it. Cain, on the other hand, <clears throat> just found it. Um, he found the whole, he, 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 didn't, he didn't care. He didn't have love for God in his heart. <clears throat> it could show the way he was he didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't bother to answer the first time when God came to him and told him, why are you angry? Why are you angry? There was no response from Cain. The only time we heard a response from Cain is after the, after the murder of his brother. Well, how should I know him? My, my brother's keeper. No, he, <clears throat> he didn't. You know, that, that was that was his response. That was the way he talked to God. He didn't even bother saying, "My Lord, where you know, you know, you know how you know 
my, my brother's keeper, he didn't bother to say, he didn't even respond in a, in a very dignified manner, in a very respectful manner to, to God. But the point is, Cain was not a generous man. Cain was, was not a loving person. He was not a loving person. He was probably difficult. It, you could, whatever you want to say, it could be the result of Adam and, Adam and Eve's parenting. After all, <laughs> you know, you could, you could go into that if you want. But the point is, it was Cain. It's Cain. Cain is, is a difficult, it was a difficult person. Cain is not a loving person. Cain is a very violent person. That's it. And, and he, and he just didn't care. He didn't care about his relationship with God. You know, he might've looked at everything from a very materialistic way. He might've found uh, the world around him, blamed it on his parents. <laughs> you know, maybe he was right, but he just didn't, you know, he did not, um, you know, he didn't care. He didn't care for the worship with God. I mean, the words here, not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you, for your burnt offerings are before me always. Why do you recite my, recite my statutes and profess my covenant with your mouth, though you hate discipline, you see, and cast my words behind you? You sit speaking against your brother, against your mother's son, you spread rumors. When you do these things, shall I be deaf to it? Or do you think that I am like yourself? I will correct you by drawing them up before your eyes. <clears throat> we have it right there in the psalm. We can connect it there. All right. So now we go to the gospel. And we have to see what, how the gospel responds. It's a very short gospel today. Uh, why does this generation seek a sign? The Pharisees came forward and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. This is something that this is the most important part here, I think, of the text of the whole gospel text. He sighed from the depth of his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Amen, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them and got into the boat again and went off to the other shore. Now, a sign. We already saw that God put a sign on Cain's head in order to prevent Cain from being killed. Cain, got, Cain committed murder. And because of this now, Cain, now his, his punishment is that he will no longer be able to farm. The earth now, because he gave, he, he, he committed blasphemy and shed another, shed his own brother's blood into the earth. And now the earth itself will respond back to Cain by not giving him produce. He'll have to find other means of making a living. Now, um, here the Pharisees are constantly hounding Jesus hounding him it's interesting almost similar to a pack of wild animals 
constantly hounding him. You know, a pack of wild beasts are going after him. They, they came forward and began to argue with Jesus, seeking him, from him a sign from heaven to test him. They're, they, 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 won't get, they won't leave him alone. They want a sign. They want him to prove who he is. Prove that he is from, from, from heaven. Prove to, prove to them that he's a prophet. It's almost, I mean, in a sense you can say, it is a, it is, it is a Cain and Abel. They're being, they're being ridiculous. They want a sign. But Jesus sighs deeply. Their, their manner of behavior, their, their, um, their lust for control, their lust for power, their lust to, to, to hold their position, their teaching position. They won't let, you know, they, they, they will do anything they can to hold their position. And they, they don't bother to look at the work Jesus has been doing. Jesus has already been healing people, casting out demons, healing people uh, from their blindness, healing people from their 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 uh, handicap, their crippled. Forgive me for using the word uh, crippled. Um, um, just basically helping you know uh, of their ailments of their demonic possessions, everything. They don't bother to look at the work, but they want a sign. They want him to, to bring fire down from heaven. They want him to, um, I guess, part the waters of, uh, of Tiberias, the sea of Tiberias and, and, and walk through the waters on the dry, like, like, like the, the red sea. Um, he's multiplied bread and fish. All that is not enough for them. They don't bother to interview the people who were sick. They don't bother to interview the people who were healed. Not for the leper, they don't bother to interview. The the people who were blind, they don't bother to interview. Uh, the 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 people who are walking now, they're not bothering to interview. Uh, the man with the withered hand, they don't bother to interview. The little girl he brought to life, they don't bother to interview. They don't bother to go to Gennesaret to interview them, the demoniac. They're not going to do that. They're not going to go to <clears throat> any other place. They don't bother to interview the men in the synagogue who were healed. Uh, you know, even Simon Peter, Peter's mother-in-law. They don't bother to do that either. But they are jealous of him. They're angry that people are following him. They're abandoning their schools. And the people are traveling for miles to look for Jesus. I mean, it's very simple. Look at what's happening around them. Look, they're not bothering to look at John the Baptist, what he's doing, what the, his appearance, what he's saying, and what he uh, he's not he's not creating a new religion. He's telling the people to repent. And he's baptizing them in the Jordan for the, he's preparing them for the forgiveness of sins. They're not paying attention to his words. They, they, they want to know that they want, they want him to conform to their power and their authority. The word, the name Pharisee means separated ones. They believe that they kept the law better than the average person. But 
they were disconnected with people's lives. They were disconnected with their problems. They don't bother to listen to their problems. They don't bother to listen to the difficulty of keeping their faith. Many people were, you know, many people, their situation uh, under Rome's rule, but it was also, Rome's rule was a result of their sins, what what happened with their um, their ancestors? What their ancestors did, and that led to the captivity, the Babylonian captivity. But their everyday life of trying to keep the faith. They have a temple. They have a temple now. The temple is there in Jerusalem, built by an illegitimate king. But they have a temple, and the the. The sacrifices are there. They're they're performing the duties, but you know their lives now, their faith, the way they're the the struggle of keeping their faith, and even though they're under Roman rule, foreign rule, and an empire that actually is tolerating them to keep their faith, uh, although they're they have to pay taxes, they have a horrible king Herod Antipas, they have um, the Pharisees, they have the Sadducees. They, they're worn down. They're, they're questioning their place in the world. They're questioning, they're, they're questioning uh, the legitimacy of their faith. They're questioning everything. They're waiting for the Messiah. And finally the Messiah has come. And finally someone who is not of the Pharisees, not of the Sadducees, not of the high priest, but someone is is answering answering the needs of their faith and they're not they're not paying attention they're looking at it from a power grab perspective and that's the problem there for them so they want a sign and Jesus grieves deeply in himself because of the blindness and the hardness of their heart they're not looking at it with spiritual eyes they're not seeing what's happening. And so no sign is given to them. They're empty of faith. They're empty of everything. All they care about is every bit of the rule. Like Jesus would says, like every dot, every tittle, every comma. They look at they look at the rules but they're not looking at the faith. They're not paying attention. They don't read the scriptures with faith. And that's important. And this here is one of the reasons that would lead them to want him to want him dead. They want him dead. The first the first the, the first man was the tiller of God's garden in Eden. He sinned, ate of the forbidden fruit. He gives birth. His first son was a gardener like himself, was a farmer like himself. The second son is a shepherd, the shepherd of the flock. Well, Jesus is the shepherd. The Pharisees are the ones who till, are supposed to till the ground. They're, they're, they're like Cain. And they feel threatened and they're going to want him dead. Okay, so we're going to end it here. Let's um, let's say an Our Father and a Hail Mary and a 
of St. Michael, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so um, I'll come back with Tuesday's readings. And, um, well, I think we're going to go through... Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to mix it, mix it and match. I have some commentary by Thomas Aquinas, um, but there's also some other uh, books I think that might be helpful on spiritual combat. Uh, that's, I think it's important. I think the spiritual combat is important. We're going to mix it and match it. And I think we'll just, what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll see which one kind of like speaks to us more. Uh, I think the spiritual combat, I'm leaning towards that a lot more because I think a lot of us, we, um, we go through a lot of, uh, difficulty every single day because I, I know this, my Lent's are never perfect. I love Lent. I do. But the problem is it's, it's, we don't live in a culture where faith is promoted, where spiritual discipline is promoted. There are some books I hear. I have, uh, I have a, 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 my Lenten prayer book and it follows the same pattern of the, um, the daily meditations of Thomas Aquinas. So I think we're going to have to, uh, mix and match a little bit because it's not always, uh, the same for all of us. I know that all of, you know, fasting is, is is a difficult part. I know for me, all right. Uh, I don't. I'm not perfect. I have a weight problem, but I really, I really want to focus a lot more. And I think maybe, hopefully, I'm praying. It might be a little bit better because one of the things I noticed is I enjoy doing the podcast, and I enjoy, and I'm noticing there are positive results. A lot of you guys. I mean, by the weekend, it always skyrockets. Uh, the um, the the plays and that shows that there are people listening and uh, I'm very happy with that. Um, if anybody can go on the Facebook page, doesn't seem like people are going too much of the Facebook Facebook page, but that's fine. I think that a lot of you guys just enjoy listening to the podcast. It's just something that you want to listen to. It's fine. Um, but anyway, we'll we'll mix and match it a little bit and. Um, We'll see how it goes. I mean, I have uh, Thomas Akempis' book on the Passion of Jesus. Um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to go for the from uh, Ash Wednesday up to Saturday. We'll sort of like, sort of like the um, 
entrance into it. And then we'll figure out up to the first week how we're going to go about it because uh, up to the first week of uh, first Sunday of Lent. So we'll see how it all, how it all plays out. All right. So God bless. And I'll be back again with Tuesday's readings. Amen.